Hello and welcome to the Revolution 22 podcast. My name is Shelby Lewis, and I'm the director of kids ministry here at Rev. This week's podcast is from a family service where we gather as a church family, including the kids, and worship the Lord together. So grab your family, your kids, and your cup of coffee, and join us in learning from God's Word. is a family service, and I wanted to real quickly talk about what that is kind of as we go into it. Uh, We believe wholeheartedly that it is the parent's role to lead their kids, to to teach them in the way of Scripture and the way of Jesus, and that we as the church get to come alongside them. So about two or three times a year, we do these services where we bring all the kids in here, and we get a, a little bit different teaching with the intent of knowing it's going to be a little bit more chaotic, knowing it's going to be louder. And again, our desire is that, that whether your kids are in our, our classrooms, which we believe wholeheartedly in and love what is happening down there, or they're up here, our, our desire would be that you as their parents would be taking them further beyond what's just spoken on Sundays, whether in a classroom or here. And if you're, if you're here today and you're like, wow, that's a little bit noisier and kids a little bit more rustly, this is, this is again our opportunity to say, hey, we're okay with that. We want that. And if you're a family that's like, I I like having my kids with me every week in church, that's great too. We want to partner with you to help you be successful in doing that. We want to do this in a way where where everyone in the room can thrive, including the kids, whether it's any Sunday we have here up here or any Sunday down in classroom. And so that is what the family services is. It's our opportunity to try and bring a little bit of what happens in the classroom up here to help parents and, and, and others see that there's value to doing this together. If you're here today and you don't have kids, I, I would encourage you to get to know some of the kids around you because these kids are looking to you. They're seeing who Jesus is in the way you live it alongside of their parents. And so as we do this today, there'll be a little bit more, more energy, a little bit louder worship, and the room might be a little bit noisier with the intent of helping kids see that we can all do this together every now and then two or three times a year. So let me, let me pray for us before we go, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have my friend Gideon come on up here. You want to come pray? Yep. Good job. Okay. He's going to pray for us. Thank you for everyone being here. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Grab a seat. Well, welcome to this morning's service. And uh, this is the first Sunday for Advent. Isn't that crazy how time flies? And uh, this Sunday, uh, we talk about hope. And next Sunday, just so you know, we begin the Advent reading, and we'll go through those readings till Christmas Eve. But today, I want to talk about hope. And before we get into the topic, before the, we get into the teaching this morning, I want to ask, ask all of you this morning, um, what, are you, what are you expecting this, this season? What, what, are you, what are you longing for? What are you anticipating for in this season? It's family service. We can, we can talk to see you now. It's Okay. Like you just really, really badly want this one thing. Snow. Snow. Why? <laughs> it's, it's okay, Jack. <laughs> and we had Thanksgiving, we had Black Friday shopping, right? I don't know if you guys do that kind of stuff. We had Christmas coming up soon. Um, come on, give me some answers. What do you, what do you want that like really want? Anyone? Good health. Good health. That's a good one. Yes. Anything else? Peace, peace on earth. Man, that's heavy. It's good stuff. <laughs> you know, um, the, the beauty of this word hope, you know, we use this word very frequently, right? The, the meaning has kind of changed as the years have gone by. And um, the hope that we want to talk about today from the scripture is, is not just any ordinary hope. 
It's, it's something more remarkable, something more beautiful. You know, it's not the kind of hope that you hear someone say, well, we got to go back home and finish, and we hope to finish the turkey, right, from Thanksgiving. That's not, not the kind of hope we're talking about. The hope we're talking about is, is, uh, is, is strong. It never gives up, and it, it gives us the strength to live for each day. That's the kind of hope we, we see in Scripture. So um, this morning we, we have um, some candy here. This is not for communion. Okay, we're not doing that kind of stuff. Okay, and this is for you guys. So if you want to grab a piece of candy, please come forward and go ahead and get a piece of candy. It's, it's cool. Go ahead, anyone, all of you guys, candy, it's free. It's not old, stale Halloween candy, I promise you that, okay? And one per person, God's watching you, Okay. <laughs> One per person, and uh, yeah, go ahead, pick a, grab a candy, and uh, you guys, are, you can go ahead, yeah, all of you, it's, it's all good. No, there's a catch, you cannot eat that candy, okay, uh, not right now, you can have it later, okay, so I want you to wait till the service is over to have your piece of candy. Can you guys wait that long? Is that possible, humanly possible? Okay, and if you, if you wait Till the end of the service to have your candy, um, and you come to me and say hi, or give me a high five at the end of the service, and show me your piece of candy, which has not been in your mouth or someone else's mouth, I'll give you another piece of candy, all right? Not cool? And for adults, even better. If you come and say hi to me, give me a high five at the end of the service, and show me a piece of candy, I will take your candy back from you because it's not good for you, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. You can have it. It's okay. Um, all right, so this is to kind of practice what does it mean to wait in anticipation, to wait with hope in anticipation. That's the whole practice over here. So a little, little thing for us to do. So getting back to the story, to the lesson. Um, today I want to talk about hope, and uh, we're going to look at this one chapter in the Bible, in the book of Joshua, chapter 2. And uh, this is a really cool story because it's, uh, there is an epic battle that happens in Joshua 6, all right? The, the walls of Jericho come trembling down and it's a really cool story and this is like the prequel before that major battle happens like like an origin story like you know batman begins this is joshua begins because this is his major uh, first step in leading the people of israel after moses so it's kind of a cool story and uh so joshua here he he sends out two spies in chapter two he sends out two spies to to check out the land or the this place called jericho right so they, they go, and so just, there's no names mentioned of these spies. There's no one, the names are not mentioned. So I, I'm going to just for today say call them James and Bond, because they, they are spies, international spies, so James Bond works. So they, they go to Jericho uh, to explore the land, and they meet someone in Jericho, right? And you guys know the story, right? Do you know the story? Who, who's, who do they meet? Jaya. PK. Gosh. <laughs> What's it, Jaya? Rahab, yes, that's what she said. That's what she, Rahab, yes, they meet, they meet, they meet Rahab, and uh, now so she she was living in this in the in this place in Jericho, and it's very unique because this, this is why I have a, a a very carefully crafted three D model of the uh, of the house that she lived in. <laughs> okay, and uh, it's Holly. It's good to have someone who. Uh, homeschools our children, so we, we get to do fun crafts like these. So this is a model of the house that Rahab lived in because it, she lived in the walls of Jericho. So this is part of the wall, okay? This is the front 
and this is the back, and she literally lived in the wall of Jericho. So we don't know if it was a large house or a small house, but she was living in, the, in that wall. And we also know that she had a very poor reputation in society. Um, and we don't know why she got that reputation. Um, you know, historians don't know exactly what happened there. Some people believe that maybe something really terrible happened to her when she, uh, but that she wasn't consenting. And that, that got stuck, that label got stuck with her. Um, and some people believe that maybe um, she, was, uh, she had an inn and people who stayed in, the, in this inn um, would do bad things to her. And that's why she got that label. So we don't know the story. But what we know is that she had a very, very sad, hurtful, painful reputation in, in, her, in her society and the place she lived. And we also know that, that she did not really have a way out of that living situation. Um, so the first thing I want to mention to you this morning is that without hope, without hope, there is no way out. And, you know, speaking about hope, I think we should look at how this plays into the story, um, the way she lived, the house, and all that stuff. So uh, I need Jack to help me with my additional props. And ladies and gentlemen, the on and only Jack Morgan. <laughs> thank you, sir. So, you know, I thought, thank you, sir. I thought it would, it would be really a, a travesty if we have a really cool 3D model made out of boxes without some Lego pieces, right? Some Lego people. So um, I have different sizes. They all are like different shapes. And I don't know which kind of brand we buy in our house. They all look different. Um, so here's uh, Rahab. Um, and then we have the spies. One guy has a backpack. He came prepared. I like that. So we, we, this is just to show what's happening here. Um, so we, we know that she was living in this house in the wall. And this, the spies show up. And, and they were not great at what they were doing because they get caught. People see them. And uh, there are no guards looking to find them. And... Uh, they hide in Rahab's house, and she hides them. And the reason why she hides them, it's, it says in chapter 2 that she believed in the God of Israel. She did not know much about the God of this, of this people group, but she had heard stories of how God had destroyed nation after nation that was in the path of these people, and God was with them. And she believed in this God without even knowing much about it. So she hides them because she knows that God is going to destroy this people, this nation that she lives in, because Jehovah is true, and he can do all things. So she hides them in her house, and then there is no way out of this house. Um, the only way out is through a window in the back of this house. And as you can tell, we Holly very skillfully made a little hole in the, in the wall. This is the window. So um, they use, uh, she uses a, a, a scarlet cord, a rope, and this is my shoelace, just so you know. Uh, it works, does the part. Um, I couldn't find my, uh, I have a stash of scarlet cords at home, but I couldn't find it. Okay. Um, so this is what we're going to use today. So the reason why I want to mention this to you, because this rope, this cord, plays a, a big part in the story. She uses this cord to let down the, 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 the spies to the back of the, the house. And uh, i got to show this because it's kind of fun. All right, so here's Rahab, right? Um, hopefully they don't drop people down. So if they, f 
it would be bad if they fell through and ended on the floor. Um, so here, here is uh, the this, this spy going through. So kids, this is kind of how they did it back in the day. It's pretty cool. Now, uh, just so you know, uh, <laughs> I had to practice this. It takes a lot of work for me to coordinate these things. And while doing this, I uh, remembered a movie that, that I almost watched on the flight, um, Tangled. You know, and it, <laughs> so before Tangled was, Rahab was, okay? It's kind of cool. So, so here, this is kind of what happened. Okay, they both got down here without dying on the way down. Uh, now, the, the, way, the reason why this is important for us to remember is because um, the word that's used for the scarlet cord is very interesting in the Hebrew language. We see this first used in verse 15. In Joshua 2 verse 15, it says that she let them down by a rope to the window for a house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. So, th- so this, is, this word is used here, and the word for rope in this verse also means pain, sorrow, and destruction. Isn't that crazy? And, and just so you know, I'm not a, a Hebrew scholar here, so I don't want to dive into this, this word study, but it's, it's, it's good for us to look at these little things that, that, that are mentioned with these words, because words are very... very um, very unique in the way the Hebrew language and Greek talk about certain things. So here we see a little more glimpse of, of how Rahab was stuck in this house. There was pain, there was sorrow, and there was destruction. Um, the word used is very, very unique, the way, the way this word is used. And I, and I think we, it, just, it just hit me when I saw that word, the way... Um, it, it gives you all these other, other options to, to see what this word might have, might, might have met, meant. Um, you know, one thing that I, I, I think about when I see this word is that so often I think we, too, can feel stuck sometimes, right? Um, you know, I was in India a couple of, for a couple of weeks. We just came back a little over a day ago, and I'm still waking up. And... Uh, you know, we were, it was fun. We did a lot of traveling in India, and a lot of it was just in auto rickshaws and cabs. And I got to speak in my native tongue, which I haven't spoken in a long time. And I, I'm not very good at it, by the way. Uh, but it's good to speak in Tamil all over again and get to know people, just to have conversations, get to know their the stories and their lives with the, with the intent of somehow, in some ways, sharing the gospel to them. And I, I noticed this over and over again, and it reminded me of this truth that there are a lot of people, a lot of people in this world, even here, right, who feel stuck, who feel stuck, um, who don't have a way out. And somehow there is this belief that if, if I can do this one thing, if I can change this one thing, if this one thing will look a little different in my life, then I will be unstuck. And I, I heard this same thing over and over and over again. And dear church, I want to to let you know that, you know, we can get stuck too. I can get stuck too when I take my eyes off of the hope that I have in Jesus. And, and maybe right now you are in that way. And you feel like, like Rahab here, stuck. But there's, the beauty of the story is that um, in Rahab's mind, she had no way out. But God had a better plan for her. And the second thing I want to mention is that, you know, when there is hope, there is patience and there is strength. So we see that, you know, these, these spies, they, they tell us something and they, they, they give her this hope. We see this in verses 18 through 21. And 
There's another word used over here for the word rope, or cord, the, the scarlet cord. There's another Greek, sorry, Hebrew word used over here that is, is very different from the word that's used in verse, in verse 15. The, the word that's used in Joshua 2, verse 18 and 21 for the word rope, it's only used to talk about the rope in this one passage. And everywhere else in the Bible, this word is used for something totally different. And that word literally means hope, expectation, and things hoped for. Isn't that interesting? So here are some examples of how this, this word is used outside of this passage. In Job 6 verse 8 it says, Oh, that I might have my request, and that God would grant me the one thing I long for. That's the same word used for rope in this passage. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, we know this verse, right? It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That is the same word used in verse 18 and 21 for the word rope. Um, When I saw that, that just wrecked me to see that God is working through the same rope that was meant to be destruction and pain, right? And sorrow, that God is redeeming this for Rahab. So if you look at verses 18, it, it reads like this. It says, Behold, when we come into the land, this is the, the spy telling Rahab, you shall tie this scarlet cord, this hope, in the window through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your father's household. And in verse 21, it says, this is her response to the spies. She says, then, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away, and they parted, and they tied, and she tied the scarlet cord, hope, in the window. You know, we don't know how long it took from chapter 2 to chapter 6 when the big battle happens, when the walls come crashing down. I want to just push this down, but I'm not going to do it because I want to keep this safe. It'll be kind of cool, though. Uh, But... There's a timeline between these two chapters. So in chapter 2, we see the spies leave, and they hide um, for three days before they go back to the camp in Israel, uh, to the Israelites, and then they cross the River Jordan, okay? And, and then they build 12 large tabernacles. That should have taken some time to build 12 large tabernacles. And then all the men get a surgical procedure done with use of handmade, like, flint knives, um, I don't want to mention what that is because it's family service and I want to keep it PG. Okay. And just so you know, that would take about four to six weeks to heal. So there's no way they are fighting a battle after that process. Okay. And then they enjoy their first Passover meal in Canaan. That was a week long of celebration. All of these things take time. They, they add up. And then they circle the city for, seven, for six days, right? The whole Battle of Jericho story. You know that, right? The seventh day, the walls come come tumbling down. Now, the spies told Rahab to be in the house, that if anyone left this house, their death will be on their own head. And no one is going to put on Facebook when the battle is going to start, right? So she had no clue when this is going to go down. She knew it's going to happen, but she had no idea when this is going to happen. And so can you imagine? She, her dad, her mom, her family members who want to stay alive, or hunker down into this small house, right? 
for how long? I don't know, months? I don't know how long this took. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a year? I have no idea how long this time was. But she waited. And the beauty of the hope that we have, the hope that she had was that God gives us the strength to wait and be patient. And I want to remind, remind you, church, that you might be in a situation right now that you feel that you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and there's no end to it. But I want to remind you that God gives us the strength to, to, to hang in there, to be long-suffering. And I pray that you will remember that this hope that we have is from God, and not by our doing, but because of what he has done for us. So here's Rahab waiting and waiting with hope and anticipation for the whole time. We see this even in, in the book of Genesis, where it starts, where the promise of the Messiah in Genesis 3, right? And we see prophets who prophesy about the birth of the Messiah. And all of them waited patiently till they died. They never saw the Messiah. And how do you think that's possible? It's only possible because God is the one who gives us the strength to keep waiting in anticipation. And that strength can only come from him. The spies gave Rahab the good news. The good news that she will be rescued from Jericho. Um, today I want to ask you, church, what are you really waiting in anticipation for? What are you holding your breath in anticipation and excitement for? You know, I think the, the, the right answer is Jesus, right? Let's say, hey, it's Jesus. We all say that, but truly, I think there are things that we, we kind of lose track of and we kind of lose focus and we, we put our, our faith and our hope in things that might not satisfy, but we kind of want that so badly. And it's not Jesus. It's not the coming of our Savior. Uh, my last point, um, family service, so it's going to be short, okay? It's kind of cool, uh, is that our hope is found in Jesus. When we have hope, we have purpose, and we can only have this purpose through Jesus. The gospel gives us hope, and Jesus Christ is our living hope. First Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. I love this. He has caused, he has caused me, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The church, in this living hope, we have purpose. You know, the, the, the scarlet rope was Rahab's living hope. This was it. She received this promise by being patient. Okay. Um, you know, this, the, the crazy thing about the story is that God had a plan and a purpose all along. She never knew what that was. When she was stuck in that wall, in the house in the wall, she never knew what God had in store for her. She never knew that God would be willing to destroy an entire nation to rescue her. Um, let that sink in. Um, God had a purpose for her. God had a purpose for his people, that they were going to reach the promised land no matter what came in his path. That is the God whom we love and whom we expect to see again. You know, we know that um, in Hebrews 11, verse 31, it says, By faith, Rahab the prostitute, do not perish with those who are disobedient. Um, this morning, I want to ask you, um, do you struggle to believe that this God who rescued Rahab 
also rescued you? Do you believe that? That the God of the heavens who would do this for one insignificant nobody would do that for you as well? And, and the truth is, he has. He has done that. The fact that you and I are here right now is a miracle. The fact that we have lungs in our, in our we have air in our lungs to breathe, that we have a sound mind and a heart that can respond to God is a miracle. You know, God has a plan in every story, in every person's life over here. And we know that Rahab gets rescued. She, she leaves Jericho and she becomes part of the people of Israel. And she marries a guy named Salmon. They later have a son named Boaz. And Boaz meets this wonderful lady named Ruth. And he gets married to her. And a few generations later, Ruth becomes the great, 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 great grandmother of David. King David, and then later a few generations further on, Jesus comes in the same lineage of this nobody named Rahab. Um, Dear church, I want to remind you that Jesus is our living hope, that this cord that was her lifeline is our lifeline, and Jesus is this lifeline for us. He is our living hope. For Rahab, the promise was to rescue her, right? And the same is true to us. That Jesus, we see, we see this in Philippians 2. He set aside all, all his glory, all his majesty, came down to pursue you and me so that we can have this living hope. In this season, I, I want you to remember, as we get closer to Christmas, you know, we should be reminded of how much Jesus gave up to come to us, to die on the cross. He is that scarlet rope cord that, that he gave us to hold on to for eternal life. Church, I want to ask you what, are you, what are you truly waiting for? What is the one thing that will make you really happy? Is it the coming of the Messiah? Is it um, the things that, that, that are in your life that you want to see fixed? Is it a better living condition? Is it more comfort? You know, all those things are not wrong. They're not bad, okay? They're not bad. But I want you to love and long for the Messiah more than those things. It's a reminder for us to fix our eyes on Jesus. What are we truly hoping for? Fix your eyes on Jesus. What are you truly longing for? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Um, and I want to encourage you to trust the process that God has you in. You know, God knew her story. He knew everything she was going through, and he had a plan for her. I don't know what you're going through right now, but God has a plan for you. Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose hope that God is working in you. He will never let go of you. His purposes and plans will be always fulfilled in you and through you. And something I want to ask, if there's anyone here, and you have no idea what I'm talking about, about this whole living hope thing and strength to hang in there, because you haven't experienced God, Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord and Savior, um, I want to extend this invitation to you because we have this amazing hope. The world can go in a basket, but we will never lose hope that Jesus will come back and he'll give us the strength to live each day no matter what happens here on earth. It's hard. Life here on earth is hard, but with Christ, we can overcome all. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen.
So if you're someone who does not know what this is and haven't experienced Jesus in this powerful way, talk to us. We'd love to pray with you after the service is over. If you have a prayer room, please, please stay back and talk to us. Um, and this Sunday, we are not going to do communion after this teaching. But I want you to rest in this, in this, in this thought of what are you waiting for? What are you truly waiting for? And I pray that everything you see in the season, everything you do in the season, all the shopping that has to happen, like literally Holly and I were talking about what do we get for the kids for Christmas. We're like, we just came back from India. You know, um, there's a lot that has to happen, right? Um, think about what are you waiting for? What are you longing for the most? The most. Is it Christ? Is it his return? Or is it everything else? And uh, may, that, may, that, may that hope that we have give you strength to overcome whatever you're facing. No matter what that is, no matter how hard that is right now, I pray that God will give you strength to overcome those situations and, and, and be strong in him and feel his peace to take you through those things that you're facing. Um, the band can come up. Um, we're going to pray, and then we'll sing a few songs in worship. Um, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. We thank you for this living hope that we have in you, God. God, we thank you that you um, give up everything, um, everything, God, to pursue me, to pursue us. Um, we thank you that we have this hope that we will see you again. We have this hope that no matter what happens here on earth, that you are with us, um, that you will lead us and guide us in all seasons of our lives. We thank you for that, God. And this morning, I pray that you will comfort us with your spirit, that you will strengthen weak hearts this morning, um, that you will rejuvenate hearts that are broken. And may we find strength in you. May we long for you more, God. May you be our preoccupation. We love you, God. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit revolution22.org. We encourage you to continue to gather with other believers, and may this message inspire you to love God and love others.